this flyover clip. You know, Kirk, we get a lot of, of text messages and emails, and, and I'm sure you know you do as well. Every day, you guys have a large team talking to people. Um, what are some of the concerns that you deal with that people have about safety, the depository, storage, these kind of factors? Oof, I get a billion questions every single day. Right? So, <laughs> so, but, but when it comes, okay, so I'm so glad that Tarek's here because when it comes to safety, I, I, I do have a few questions that always come up, like literally almost daily. So let's, we always get the question of, oh boy, Kirk, what if the government wants to confiscate gold or silver, mm. right? So, so to me, I'm not so concerned about it when, Tark, what you said, only 1% of the population actually owns precious metals. If the government wants to confiscate something, they're going to go after the masses, right? The 98% of people that have bank accounts and brokerage accounts and, you know, through a, a bail and event, right? But, but let's just say, force majeure, you get, you get, uh, military forces in your parking lot saying, we're going to confiscate gold, right? What What is the likelihood of something like that happening um, at your depository? Yeah, so uh, many people are aware of the fact that in the 1930s, there was a, a gold confiscation that, that occurred. And uh, during that period, they estimate that roughly 10% of all of the gold uh, that was outstanding. By the way, it wasn't silver, it was just gold. Um, but but 10 percent of all the gold outstanding was actually returned back to the U.S. And um, there, there are a couple of things that I think are noteworthy about that event. The first is uh, the word confiscation, because this, this word is thrown thrown out a lot. Um, when I think of confiscation, I think about going through the, the airport security and they confiscate my toothpaste because it's four ounces instead of three ounces. And they never remunerate me in any way for the toothpaste. They just take it. Uh, in the 1930s, when they confiscated gold, they actually paid what the going rate was at the time for gold. Now, granted, a year later, the, the price of gold had gone up, and so people felt a, a little bit chipped, but it wasn't just a, a straight confiscation. There, there, there was a, um, a financial component to that. Uh, the second thing is that all of the gold, for the most part, that was confiscated were was gold that was held in safety deposit boxes at banks. And remember, banks are federally regulated. They're, they're federally insured. And because of that, they're, they're heavily beholden to any federal regulations that, that come down the pipe. Um, what makes us a little bit unique is the fact that we're a private facility. We're, we're not a bank. We're, we're a non-banking institution. So, in fact, the, the deposits at the depository are, are not actually deposits per se. The nature of the relationship is more like a, a public storage uh, where you would, if you're moving and you put a, a sofa into public storage, that sofa is not on the balance sheet of the public storage company. Um, what makes us a little bit different, obviously, than, than public storage is that our security is dramatically uh, greater than, than any you know, public storage facility, dramatically greater than the banks, et cetera. Um, but also the, uh, the insurance that we provide on the metals. So when you have metals at your home, you're not able to get those metals insured by a, a third party, whereas uh, at our facility, the metal is entirely insured by Lloyd's of London. Now, to answer um, Dr. Kirk's question, if the, the military or the National Guard is outside of our facility, um, you know, we, we have obviously some things that we can do, but, but those things are limited. We have, just to speak to our security just for a moment, I mean, our, our uh, facility is uh, built of steel and concrete and there are man traps and truck traps and biometric scanners and bullet resistant windows and bullet resistant doors. And as I mentioned previously, facial recognition uh, scanners. We have um, a, a whole host of, of uh, 
other security measures that we have in place that I, that I actually won't talk about publicly, but there, there's a lot of other things there. We have uh, three full-time police officers on staff, uh, former head of uh, the uh, one of the local SWAT teams here in, in Texas now works directly for our company. So we have tremendous security uh, as it relates to any gangs or riffraff or, or people that would attempt to break into the facility. As it relates to the military, obviously, there's a limitation there. And I, I like to to explain to people that, you know, the government um, at any time, and this is this is sad to admit, but the government can at any time take whatever they want from anybody. They can take your kids. They can take your land. Um, as Dr. Herc was saying, they can take the money that's out of your bank account. And there's, you know, th- there's limited uh, ability that we have short of, uh, you know, an, an insurrection or a revolution or, or what have you. Um, as it relates to the facility, we can lock down the vaults, we close the doors, we set up all the security. And, and then, you know, as, as we say in Texas, come and take it, you know, it's, it's good luck. <laughs> it's going to be very difficult. And even if you had all of the right uh, resources, um, the, the challenge of relocating and, and repurposing the weight of all of the material that we have in our facility would, would be profound. So we do the best that we can to make it as difficult legally as humanly possible, um, but, but within reason. That's, that's what I thought. I just wanted to hear it out of the horse's mouth, right? So, so second, I have actually two more real quick questions. Um, I get questions a lot of time from clients that hear horror stories of storage, you know, where it's like, it's not there. It's not there. Mm-hmm. They, they oversold it. They leased it to a different country. Who knows if it's there, right? Um, what is the contractual status of the, the metals that you store for people? Can you oversell it? No, absolutely not. And uh, we do not rehypothecate metal. We do not lease metal. We do not lend against the metal. Um, as I stated previously, the, the metal is not on our balance sheet. So we really function as a bailee. The, the function that we're providing for the individual that has metal in the account is, is strictly a, uh, a function of protection and insurance. And so you had mentioned it at, at the outset, but we're really unique as a facility in that all of our material is segregated by account. So there's no commingling of material. There's no um, there's no pooled accounts or anything of that na- nature. Literally, the, the product that you put in is, is the exact product that you get back out. We record everything under camera down to the serial number on, on the products that come into the facility. So our our job is exclusively to, to protect those assets. Now, I will tell you, I spend... Uh, more time each year than I would like to admit in the auditing uh, of our facility, whether that is um, from the the uh, institutional clients that, that we have metal for. So the IRA custodians all come down and audit our facility. We have uh, publicly traded banks that come down and audit our facility. We have uh, anti-money laundering audits that occur at our facility. We have biweekly audits that we do internally ourselves. Uh, we have we're in the process of becoming a SOC two registered facility, so there's SOC two audits that uh, that we go through. So you know, individuals can feel very comfortable that we are uh, well audited, well inspected, and um, and and well you know covered as it relates to our, our overall processes. And this goes back to the technology piece too. When you have as many accounts as we have and as much material as we have, it's the technology that makes it really really easy, quite frankly, to, uh, to manage and, and, um, and audit the entire facility pretty quickly. Awesome. And then one last quick one. Um, I've been doing this for 29 years, right? I've been in the industry for a long time as, as you have. Um, and I, 
I, it breaks my heart when people buy stuff that's not liquid. You know, the, those high grade, semi rare, rare coins, collectible things, um, that, that a company has to make a market for, right? It's like you have to have a sales force that, that actually buys and sells the stuff because it's not necessarily an internationally exchanged commodity like bullion, gold or silver, right? So, so, in your experience at, as a depository buying gold and silver every single day, um, what would the process be for somebody selling, you know, getting getting a good price for for rare coins, semi numismatic coins? Is there demand for it? And and because my theory, and I might be wrong, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't care. Um, is maximize your ounces, minimize your cost. That's always the best way to go. So on these things, what does from a depository standpoint, what does it look like for you when when you see these things? Honestly, it, it saddens me. I mean, in everybody in our organization, and we, we see because don't forget when we get inbound material from you know these various uh, dealers throughout the United States, we see the invoices. So the invoice comes comes across with the particular product, and and we're looking at at these invoices, and we're seeing people that are spending gosh, $5,000 for a coin that, that costs $2,000. And it's, I, I honestly view it morally as theft um, is how I see it. And uh, there have been some dealers that have been prosecuted by attorneys general, certainly here in, in Texas, it's, a, it's a, a really big issue. And these people buy lists of elderly people and they will call them incessantly and sway them on how important it is to buy this rare coin that only 50,000 of them were minted. And they, the, the price on, on these things are, they're going to go to the moon here in the next two months. And you need to hurry up and buy before it's too late. And, and they get really convinced. And really all that's happened is that the individual on the other end of the line has stolen probably 50 to 60% of their money from a depository standpoint to answer your question. I mean, we, we do provide a, a liquid market um, and, you know, sadly, I, I have to buy those products back roughly for the the price of the metal that they melt for, because the story that was sold to the individual is is quite frankly, for for lack of a better term, it's a lie. And um, and again, that that's the reason why you know we we've talked about it so many times, Kirk. We're we're very ethically aligned in the way that we approach this industry and the way that we approach this market, because we I, I think honestly we believe in in um, you know a, a a higher reason for investing in, in precious metals. And, and that is to provide protection against this geoeconomic and geopolitical uncertainty. And, and it really matters to the people that we work with and, and the relationships that we forge along the way. So to make that point clear, if somebody paid hundreds of dollars for some kind of a, of a rare piece of silver, um, you're buying it back at melt, which is close to spot. Yeah. I would say generally, Generally, generally speaking, that's the case. You know, there, there are rare circumstances where, you know, it is actually a legitimate, you know, 1883 specialized coin. But even at that, um, even at that, Kirk, oftentimes what I'll recommend to the individual that's storing is to have us ship the coin back to them and to go and, and really shop it, you know, in the collectibles market if it, if it has that, that value, because that's not what we specialize in. You know, we're, we're not in the collectible business. We're in the wealth preservation business. Yeah. And I'm in the liquidity business. We want to buy and sell when we want to at the lowest premium. So, well, cool. That's really, 
Yeah, those are those are the three of the billion questions I get every day that seem to be asked the most. So thank you for addressing those. That is huge. So if you're listening today and thinking, okay, what do I have to do to get out of the way of the storm that's coming? You can go to flyovergold.com. Great information there. There's some videos, some things you can read. But when you scroll down to the bottom, there's a place to fill out your information. When you do that, it puts you in the queue for someone from Dr. Kirk's team to give you a call to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost any money whatsoever to find out what is the best thing for you to do during this time. Or you can also call 720 605 three nine zero zero thank you guys so much for joining us today we really do appreciate your time i love being surrounded by smart people yep are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking what am i going to do about my finances you know times are really changing they're changing fast let me give you a quick example of how in 1920 if you had a 20 dollar bill and one ounce of gold you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit wow the, the jacket the shirt the belt shoes the whole bit Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for a free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.